I like verbatim. It's 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 always this is what's funny. It's always been the case. It's always been this way. The, the word of God is so amazing. You know, when I do my history checks and I go through history and I look at the word of God, and I'm like, how could the people not see this, right? That this is this. Now, I need you guys to understand something. <laughs> people get irritated by me. Um, but realistically, uh, when I look at what's going on in the world today, and I'm like, how can people not see this? This is happening here. Guess what, folks? The answer is quite simple. It's because they're not looking at the word. Do not ever underestimate people's ability to uh, lie, <laughs> to just straight lie about how much they're in their word. You know what I mean? Do not ever uh, underestimate people's ability to just lie about how much they're in their word. All you have to do is look at how they live and then watch how many unbiblical reasons they use to make excuses about why they live the way they do. And then you go, okay, all right. You don't care what the word says. It's it's simple. When I say you don't care, I don't mean to make you feel bad, but when you don't care, it means you're not careful. You don't say, this is how you know if I care about stepping on your grass. If I did step on your grass, I am greatly apologetic, and I won't do it again. I will tell my friends and family, do not step on their grass because it, it, like, it hurts them. They don't like that. They want to keep their grass like Leave them, oh, no, the ball fell on their yard. Let me get the ball off of their yard. See, when you're careful with something, there's a passionate intimacy of respect. Intimacy is something that you invest in. You know what I mean? It's it's the frequency, it's uh, the 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 nuance of 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 respect, and you. So there's this intimacy where you you genuinely care about a person or something. When you don't care, when you're not careful, and you don't care about something, guess what happens, people? When you don't care about something, you become careless. All right. And when I look at what's going on in the world today, I go, man, how can people not see this? How can people not see this? And it's like, dude, you're just not in your word. You know, uh, that's the bottom line. You're just not in your word. Well, guess what, guys? We got today with us some special guests. Of course, you know, we got John Forsting with us. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing good. How you doing, Duke? Doing good. Doing good, man. And then, of course, we, we got a special guest with us, Seven Hills Worship. Uh, which I'm extremely excited about having on. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, doing yeah, well. What's okay. up? Yeah, man, this is too cool, man. Uh, just so you guys know, I taught John everything he knows. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. It's not true. It's not true at all. It's not true. I'll, I'll say I'm still learning then, okay? <laughs> right, right, right. But I tell you what, though, that guy can chug some coffee, man. I'm, I, every time I see him, I'm like... That is a cold fact, man. He's the, he's the real thing, man, real thing. All right, listen, let's get into this uh, because I got a couple of things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, first of all, the, with the, the Seven Hills Worship, what does the band name mean? What does the group name mean? Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so, all right. Let me let me introduce these people first, and then we'll. Hop yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And so, here to my right, we're left. We got Mr. Patrick Shorts, 
Duke can play. Duke can arrange. Oh my goodness, super oh, talented. Yeah, yeah. Then we have Miss Hannah Donaldson good, and good. just any. You want her saying anything? I mean, just, <laughs> and then TJ is not only does he play and sing, he's a killer songwriter too. Yeah. And so it's, it's just cool, like all, all coming together, and that kind of that kind of translates into the uh, name and mission of Seven Hills Worship too, because it's like. Lynchburg is known as the city of seven hills, and it's kind of a parallel to like Paul's journey in Rome, which was the city of seven hills as well. And it, and Paul taught us that the church isn't the brick and the mortar; the church is the people. And so, in Seven Hills Worship, it's like let's give worship back to the people. Let's take these songs and these songs, and let's give them back to the people so they can worship God in their car, on the you know when they're listening to Spotify, wherever they go. So it once again encompasses hey. We are the church. Let's go do the mission. Man, right. Man that, that's phenomenal. Uh, you guys, how long have you guys been a group? Uh, almost a year. So we are actually, so Seven Hills is also kind of um, here on campus. It's a, yeah, it's a conglomerate of all of the worship uh, teams that's here on campus. So um, we have the uh, Liberty Worship Collective. Um, we have LU Praise, which is the gospel choir here. Um, that's housed in the School of Music. That you have Vessel, um, E41, Shine, all of these different groups that um, sit right here on campus. This is actually our opportunity, man, to all come together and um, honestly just also reflect the student body here too. You know, right. we all come yeah. so many different cultures and um, man, just perspectives, walks of life, and then we get to do something that's special together with um, leading out these songs that. You know, we've we've written, uh, we've arranged, um, so it's 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 an awesome thing. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. To be totally honest with you, is to be able to from the start from the finish. Because I don't know if he told you guys like, hey, once you meet this guy, you're kind of stuck with him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I told you about that. Because the reality is that we've got to build this this warrior. That's why I feel like, you know, Liberty University is like a warship that's just carrying all these amazing soldiers that are about to go into to battle for the future. Yeah. Uh, but that's also because I watch way too many war movies. Uh, but, but what does – I want to ask you guys this, and I want to ask John uh, this too. This is for all of you guys. Because I see John constantly around music. He's dedicated his life to uh, to, to Liberty, of course, and what you guys are doing. The, what, the, when, you, when you get down to it, where does worship sit in priority? Like you have your Bible readers. You have your people who pray. You know what I mean? And I know it's all important, but – but for some reason, it seems like sometimes worship gets put in that category. Well, I'll get to that when I can, or I'll do that on church uh, on Sundays. What's the power of worship to you and your perspective on worship, like throughout the week, your day to day life? You know what I mean? Like you think about it, when you, you pray every day, pray over your food, read your Bible every day. But for some reason, worship doesn't get that same kind of uh, promotion, I guess. But can you speak to that a little bit about what worship is and, and its priority? I'll, I'll hop on this one. All right. So you know, you know me, Duke. You know that I'm gonna I'm gonna have a take on this. And so I would say, in in the Christian life, worship is a lifestyle. So yes, you pray, you read your Bible. If you're not worshiping when you're praying, if you're not worshiping when you read your Bible, if you're not worshiping when you're driving in the car, worship is responding to the truth of who God is. Yeah. And so in every little facet of our life, it's like we can see 
the heart of God. We can be his hands and feet. And so worship, in my opinion, extends Pat way past the song and the lyric. Worship extends into the heart of why are we doing this? You know, how are we making an impact? Are we doing this for the right reasons? And then worship in the musical sense is an overflow of all of the other things in our life. So it's like, okay, so now I actually get to put some lyrics and some words and some melodies to what my life's actions are. And right. so when it comes to worship music, that's just a response of, okay, God, I love you. I'm going to proclaim your truth. But inside of our heart, worship should encompass everything that we do from the time we wake up till the time we go to bed. Yeah. I love it. Anybody else got anything? I mean, if you, if even if you look at the definition of the word worship, it means to declare worth to someone or something. And so if you think about it, we all are worshiping something or someone, whether it be a spouse or a partner, whether it be our phones or whether it be our jobs, we're all worshiping something. And so, like, who better to declare the word God? Than the one that created us, that saved us, that loves us so much. And so, like John said, worship is it just encom- encompassing everything. You know, it's flowing out of everything. So, now I have to do with that. Like, right, right. Yeah, that, you know, whether or not we, some people may not believe this, but your body was created to sing. You know, mm-hmm. God created your DNA and literally the biology of the human being to sing out loud and there are literally studies that have been done about when you have a group of people together in one room singing the same song together there are literally chemical balances taking place in your brain and in your body and like all kinds of things so if you take that to the next level of worship where it's like not only are we singing something together but we're singing something that has the power to transform our souls that is we're singing the gospel you know what i mean and then even outside of the sunday like you're talking about like throughout the week it's like whether you like to sing or not, you got to recognize that your body was moved to it, you know, because yeah. you were created by oh. a God that demands worship because he's worshiping. That's, that's so good. That's so good because a, a lot of people, you know, make the mistake of treating worship like like it's just just the thing you do. That, that's more connected with church than it is with life. Right. I, so uh, the writing, yeah. uh, when you're making songs, that you, a lot of people, uh, this is kind of a question that, I, that someone asked me one time that I don't know why they thought I was a musician. I, I'm not, but like you said, we create the worship. Uh, when you're writing music, from your perspective, do you write music to God or are you writing music to the people and including them in a worship experience? Or are you writing music, you know, uh, from your own personal experience. Can you talk to that a little bit about where the music is being aimed at? Yeah, um, I believe that you're writing to God for the people. You know, um, you are encompassing a lot of, um, you know, just the heart's desires, the heart's cries of the people. And obviously you can't really tap into that unless you're walking yourself. You know, uh, each day you're worshiping and, um, you know, you're tapped into just the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in your life. So, um, yeah, we are definitely, definitely writing to the Lord uh, for the people. And we can also write to the people that are gathering songs, a different, all, a whole bunch of different types of songs. But yeah, there's gathering songs that we do sing to the people to allow them to just get their attention. Yeah. Um, you know, just cast their minds on the Lord and his goodness. Um, mm-hmm. Then you also have uh, testimonial uh, songs, which are these are just like, songs to the lord for the people right we're talking about 
just what the Lord has done for us, saving us, the source salvation, like his sacrifice, the whole nine. So you have that, and then you have songs that are just directly to the Father, just mm-hmm. ascribing worth to him, where where it's just, um, I mean, Jesus, you are good, or um, how great is our God? Like, right. these right. are just songs yeah. that are just simply displaying and ascribing the worth uh, that, you know, we owe him. And, um, and what's really, really cool about that is that like, I'm sure we can bring on some of the biggest artists, um, that have, you know, uh, done amazing things like in the worship, um, genre, but, um, we can bring them in here. And I'm sure that anytime that they tried to write a hit, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) We're not like, it's a coldest, melodies and chords and we think yo this is going to be a hit <laughs> probably not but it's honestly those other songs that come directly from your heart that probably yeah. might be a deep track in your mind <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. but like the lord just kind of gravitates and uses those Un- so uh, unbelievably true yeah. uh, not, not just in what you just said but it's also true the biggest hits uh, after a couple years go by Mm-hmm. The biggest hits, I go. Okay, it was like five lines in the whole song. Yeah, Like whoa, whoa, whoa. So, John, what do you what do you say about that? About the, the, the you know, do you, is it is it is it about being simple? Or is it about being complex? Or what, what do you guys say to that? Uh, like, I know it's about purity right from the heart. Yeah, but, I mean. But, I don't have a ton to add on what Patrick said, but it's like, it's really about the authentic worship of the heart. And so, especially in a generation, I feel like we've been sold so many things. It's like, we, we don't want to be sold to it. Like, we want something that's real. Sure. We want something that's raw. Like, we, we want to get back to who God is, what the Bible has to say. And so, I think in a generation that's hungry for authenticity, having worship that actually comes from the heart, I mean, because... If we could just gather hit songwriters in a room and they could write a song and it would be number one, I mean, we'd pay for that all day long. But it's yeah. like you're never guaranteed a, a hit just because you have somebody who's wrote it before. It's like it really takes the movement of God in the hearts of the people. And that's that's one of the coolest things about Seven Hills, about Liberty, is it's like you ask how long has it been around? It's like. Well, it's been around for 50 years since the university started in 1971 because worship has happened from this mountain since the very beginning. And so it's like one generation comes and teaches the next and the next and the next. And it's like worship continues. And I think this is the first step of being like, hey, let's show the public what's happening on campus with the student body. And even in the whole process, it wasn't, hey, you know, let's bring in all these natural session players. Let's do all this. Right. It's like, let's just gather the students in a room. Right. They don't yeah. have to worry about the production. They don't, like, they're going to gather in a room. They're going to worship. And it's actually cool because April 14th, there's two releases of the exact same song going out. Mm-hmm. One's a room of 300 people, and one's a room of 10,000 yeah. people. And you hear all the voices. Whoa. And, and, it's, and it's it's just the students. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) That type of experience, that type of experience, what does that, I mean, what does that do to you? I mean, to, to, like you said, to to know you have this opportunity to worship with 
yo, uh, whoa, it just hit me. Like, you like you're worshiping with, I mean, you're, we're all believers, but where the, the denomination doesn't matter and this yeah. doesn't matter. And it's like, we're just coming together to please God. That by itself is already a bold uh, thing. But I love what you said, John, about the 50 years. That just, that almost sent me into revival right there. Um, but when, when you look at everything that, that just believers go through, right? Just trying to find a place to do to live and consistently please God. Of course, uh, Liberty University, like I said, is that that warship with all these soldiers ready to be launched. When, when I when I what does that feel like being around? You know, whether it's three hundred or the ten thousand coming together to worship God, uh, and it's for that pure reason. You know how. What, what's the value in that? Because I'd, I'd love for other churches and, and uh, uh, worship leaders and even schools to get this, to understand this. That uh, you know, I mean, not, not like there's a formula, but but this is a powerful opportunity. What, what's kind of what, what does that feel like when, when that something like or that organic happens? I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pitch this to Patrick. <laughs> so um, just because, hang on, yeah, yeah, let, let me set this up because. I have sat in rehearsals that he has directed oh, and rehearsals with 10 people, rehearsals with six people, rehearsals with 20. And there was more worship happening in a room with just a small handful of people that Patrick was leading than in a in an arena filled with 100,000 people. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to pitch it to him and let him answer. So that's so, all I have. Yeah, man. I appreciate John, man. I appreciate that. But um, yeah, there is a there is a vertical and a horizontal uh, kind of response in this thing, right? And having number and just everybody's desire and heart pointed towards the same place, right? Um, we also read the scripture that where two or three gather in my name, like there where I would be. And so like there is a synergy of everybody just tapping into the same heart of worship, whether it's two or two million, bro. Like it's going to, the presence of the Lord is going to be just as powerful. You know what I mean? It doesn't change because there's more people. It only changes when everybody's tapped in you know, yeah. on the same level, you know? Um, but then there is a horizontal uh, kind of aspect to it where, yeah, there are two people, but when you do step into a convocation where um, there's 15,000, especially here at Liberty, where we are representing over a hundred countries. And right. um, I mean, you're hearing, these These are also students that we're going to school and classes with. And like, we are all walking in the same season of life right. with the same responsibilities, with the same, you know, like just uh, day in and day out responsibilities, like uh, demands and, you know, whatever it is, like hardships, whatever you want to call it. But like, we're all being able to take a day, a break in our day. Yeah, and right. we are all putting that on the wayside of what we got going on. And we are just going to come in for an hour. And we're going to lift our hands. We're going to lift our voices. We're going to hear good preaching. And we're just going to fellowship and worship together. Yeah. That horizontal um, characteristic of just being there with your brother and your sister yeah. is is amazing. And these are brothers and sisters that we don't even know their names. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> they are our brother and sister in Christ. And this is going to be a picture of what heaven is going to look like. And uh, it, it's just amazing. So there's a vertical and there's a horizontal um, characteristic uh, that takes place. And um, I tell you, it's special when both of them happen together. It's, yeah. it's yeah. special. Yep. You know, uh, when, when I think about um, 
just the warfare that's going on in the, in the world today uh, with the music and the uh, social media and the internet. You know, it's a battle for our, our children's mind. It's a battle for the influence, right? And um, I don't, so everybody just, you know, this, this is a definitely a weird question. Uh, but when I, when I talk to young people about uh, their, their worship experience at church, and, and they talk about the, the, the you know, the scripture that say, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, you, you guys are like, he's about to get us in trouble. <laughs> but, but, uh, but seriously, um, I have talked to young people who have totally told me straight up the one of the struggles that they have is the, they will have people that can't sing or it's not, you know, that doesn't sound good or things like that. Do you think that that we maybe either misinterpret that the what you know worship is that you just make that joyful noise to the Lord, or should churches be mindful of? Are you scared? Are you scared? No, 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 Bro, I mean, first of all, it really is, you really want to get specific. It's down to, like, what what does your church have to offer, you know? At a place like Liberty, where I literally was on a call with someone yesterday that watched a show that I did here that said, bro, where do you find these musicians that play for your shows? I'm like, bro, they're off Liberty. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we are so blessed with the musicianship that we have here. But my time before Liberty was at a small church in Kentucky. It was all volunteer-based, no salary. No in ears, like very, very, like I'm just trying to read the chart type yeah, of musicians, yeah, yeah. you know. And so I think that the the idea of make a joyful noise is kind of <coughs> what heart is, you know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, as long as that is happening, a joyful noise is being made unto the Lord specifically. Yeah. Um, that's the first priority. I will also say that there's another scripture that man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. I think we missed that first part where it's like man does look at the outward appearance. Man is, um, they are aware of the sound and the look of things like this. Right. Um, I think about when you're talking about generational stuff specifically is I think we're living in the most musically addicted culture that we've ever yeah. been in. Because if you think about it, you have access to millions of songs yeah, at, at the touch of a finger, yeah. you know? And it's just like, because of that, I don't know that it's true anymore that like, I don't know y'all's experience, but for me, like my worship pastor would say, "Oh, if you mess up, no one's gonna know." I'm like, I, I think, they're, I think, I think, they, I think these days they're gonna know. They're gonna know. You know, yeah. they're gonna know these days, and it's and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reflection of the culture that we're living in because of how much influence music has today. Um, and so, I don't think that's something to be afraid of. I think it's just something to to keep in mind and understand that the heart has to come first, um, but out of a heart that is full of the spirit of God and wants to see the kingdom advance. I think excellence will flow out of that sure. as appropriate and as, as able. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on that. Yeah. 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 To continue what TJ saying too. It's like inside, inside just the position it's called, you know, worship leader. So it's like, how are we taking the worship and leading the people to the cross of Christ? And so, it's it's different if I'm worshiping in my home and my daughter singing. Like I could care less if she sings every wrong note. I see that she's singing to Jesus, and that makes me happy. And sometimes you get in in these smaller churches, and it's like 
how do we serve these people? How, how do they get to see their own people worship? How do, mm -hmm. how do we give them an opportunity where they get to say, wow, that person was addicted to this and now they're yeah, praising man. Jesus. Right. And so there's different opportunities to lead worship that go beyond music, but then mm -hmm. inside of the musical realm, it's like, okay, we see it all the time in the Bible to the chief musician, to the chief musician, to this, and, you know, play skillfully play. And, and so yeah. there's different things. The Bible talks a lot about music and it talks mm -hmm. a lot about David and it talks a lot about that. And so as a leader, it's like, we, we start where we're at, we minister to people, we see how do we lead them to the cross. And then as a good leader does, how do we make them better? How, from, yeah. from week to week, like, how are we encouraging them? Are we making disciples? Are they able to experience God more because of your leadership? Or is it just like, hey, we could care less. We just want the best and nobody else can participate. And now you kind of adopted something into a church that doesn't belong. And so there's there's so many ways that you can approach it. But I think the biggest thing is how do we lead them to the cross? Yeah, I, 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 I love that he used the word addicted. He said this is the most musically addicted Generation, uh, and then that, and you're absolutely right because, but I, I, what what you just said is so profound because uh, usually a lot of people think that the worship experience is the one thing that people do, and then that's when the preacher or the evangelist, whoever picks them up. But you're saying the worship, the worship leader, is the is the one that that ultimately builds relationship, and the, and the reason why I think that that's so powerful is because before a lot of people come in contact with anyone that believes uh evangelist or anything a lot of times it is a song that they heard or maybe a friend invited them to a church but it'll be that music that related to them on the most intimate level you know and it's that intimacy uh and ability to connect with people on the inside i mean we're all great at putting on the facade for each other you know uh, but that music has a way to penetrate onto the inside um which, which kind of makes a lot of sense why, uh, sorry, my alarm clock's going on. Uh, yeah, this, oh, this is all about professionalism over here. <laughs> but but uh, the, the, the thing that I'm getting at is a lot of times people feel more, what is that? Where people a lot of times feel more intimate and connected to an artist they've never met, but that music <laughs> You you already know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, what is what is that? <laughs> you wanna try? I mean, so one one artist that I just really connect with, and I actually just met him very recently, but I've been listening to his music for oh gosh, 10, 12 years, 13 years before I even met him. But um young man by the name of Molly Music. Um from but oh man, like there is also when people are rightly like tuned into um, using their gift for the Lord, they also kind of reveal themselves through their music. Yeah. So like they are singing personal testimony, they're singing personal stories that like I gather things that I'm not going to say, yeah, I know that uh, through Molly's music, I know that he loves uh, a number two with no cheese. Like, no, 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 <laughs> it's, it's not that, but like, you actually start to hear like where they come from and their life stories, and you can identify with a lot of those things. And um, just the way that Molly music, specifically in my life, the way Molly music um, has written, you know, I mean, some amazing songs and amazing prayers and amazing um, 
man, just this declaration is like he has really been able to reveal himself in a very like true and wholesome way mm-hmm. that um, like it was about being very creative, but like he never forsake like the message. And mm-hmm. like this is a guy that was much very much so abstract um of ahead of his time like yeah. you know what I mean? right. like we're listening to stuff oh, that, yeah yeah for sure yeah like there's albums that he put out 12 years ago that could kill today if he mm-hmm. released it like yeah. but um i gravitated more to um more to his message i mean this is songs um like uh all i had to give lord if i could buy you a gift like to show you my love and um and just show you how i feel like it wouldn't matter what I could bring because there's nothing uh there's nothing that I could bring pretty much that like could be like worthy. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you're right. even more worthy. Like it's just guys like that, they reveal themselves also, you know, me through the music and you're able to identify with their testimony and who they are and um yeah, it's special. And it, like you said, it's just the power of someone being able to, you know, just utilize their story and their gift in a way that can touch people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, it's authentic, you know? All, yeah. Come up, yeah. Authentic. And, and so. music just, it like hits you from the inside. It's the only thing where like you can, you can start listening and then all of a sudden you start moving and then right. start, and it's like, it's like there's something so internal yeah. that it's like yeah. you're having a bad day and you turn on some music. It's just like, Hey, oh, yeah. 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 all right now you said something right now because i know because of the, when there's this is what's so powerful about what you guys do is that some people just have the habit when they're in the bad mood they want to listen to depressing music because it's just it, i guess in one sense that makes sense uh but i noticed me personally that i have been you know in you know on my way to 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 tragic situations as a pastor and I will forget that I'm on my way to a tragic situation as a pastor because I'm listening to worship. And, and when I get out of the car to to help this family or even if I'm doing a funeral or something like that, I'm going, wow, I'm doing a funeral and I've got all this joy on me and I've got all this And next thing you know, it's it turns into a celebration. Yeah. You know, because of the atmosphere. But if I go in, I'm listening to, you know, some sad stuff. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to another <laughs> right, right. And there's let, a- let me make sure everyone's miserable. Right, right. Right. There's, there's a right. effect on that as well. Like, sometimes when I am just kind of in a season where, like, it's all good, but there might be shows that, like, may have some music in it, and there might be movies or something like uh you know i mean i love to binge watch stuff too like right. so i'll i can watch eight episodes or something like back to back to back if i have the time but um but there are sometimes there's music in that type of stuff where i'm like yo why is my joy kind of feeling limited right now or like right. why am i you know what i'm saying and i'm uh-huh. like you can kind of trace back to wow okay no i was kind of watching this show but the music in this is like so like despairing and like you know yeah. what I mean like depressing and I'm like okay all right I probably need to chill off <laughs> of that show you know what I'm saying to make yeah. sure what I'm putting inside of my you know what I mean my conscious my body my spirit like right. is feeding you know I me mean, uh, a more uh, the joyous effect more than you know anything so it, it has a, an effect both ways yeah. right. but when it's used well man like man like I feel mm-hmm. like I can fly yeah. to you know, like, <laughs> like for real 
you brought up Molly music. You brought up Molly music, uh, and uh, I remember this generation. Uh, I remember when he first came out. He actually came out during the time where the church was trying to kind of figure out, you know, if we were going to do this uh, Christian rap thing. Christian, yeah. you know, you know, it was a very difficult time for for artists. Um, do you feel like the message is pretty much loud and clear that you know we've got bands like Skillet now? We've got bands like you know, we've got well, of course one of the pioneers, Toby Mac, and you know, pretty much everyone that came from Liberty. Uh you know, you know Liberty Liberty also had to fight through church perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. But do you do you think we still have a long way to go? Where do you think we are? Um I'm sorry to you so much, but like this is stuff that I live for. Listen, so so we we just got a cool opportunity. Um, just a couple about a month ago, actually, um, we did this thing called Gospelology, right here on campus, where we took an hour and hour like convocation and we just told the gospel of the story of gospel music, black gospel music. I'm talking about from the fields to the Grammys, right? And as I was gathering all this information and just the songs and the artists that I've known over the course of my life the people that my dad fed me and my grandmother fed me like this whole like broadening and um evolution of music repeats man it just repeats and i feel like we're just kind of in another cycle of okay this thing is taking another turn but like think about um so one guy that i'm I'm a huge fan of is uh israel holton right when they first came out, my dad was like, what is this malarkey? Like, <laughs> when nice. Kirk Franklin first came out, oh, my dad was like, what is this malarkey? Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But my dad listened to, like, the Hawkins and the Whinings and Andre Crouch. But his mom was like, why is, yeah. there, a yeah. why is there a funky bass line? And, uh, you know, this, this stuff repeats. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just something that because the message has never changed, yeah. this yeah. is not that we will... Just get over it. No, I think that we're going to see that this is impacting the next generation mm-hmm. and that it is doing good. It is bringing people, it's touching people in a way that is still pointing them towards Jesus. Right. And it now come, becomes a lot more accepted and understood when I can look now and I see my kids or, you know what I mean, somebody can see their kids listening to somebody like Mav City who, you know what I'm saying, they're in Jordans and cut off jeans and all that. Like, But that that generation identifies that with that. But like, What's more important is that they're that they're identifying with the Jesus right. that they're singing about, right. that they're preaching about. So yeah. again, this is nothing but yeah. y'all like yeah, yeah. 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 the dial again, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, yeah. Like, this is nothing new. But yeah. we're gonna see the effect that it's having on our kids, and you know what I mean, the next generations. And I think that that's where the people that really understand it and see that that's how this thing just keeps evolving and getting yeah. bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and. Bigger and Yes. Let me yeah. let me add to that too. I feel like even outside of church music, just music as a whole, mm-hmm. that my generation, it like I don't know if you relate to this, but it like yeah. kind of shocks me sometimes. Like, oh, this is the genre that's big now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. there's been this weird surge of like this weird like indie jazz yeah. thing that's been yeah. happening, yeah. Yeah. and it's just like. I never thought that like that would be the thing. Exactly. And so so what I'm what I'm realizing is like I really do think that my generation is really open to anything as far as the stylistic stuff goes. And I feel like if I think if the church is able to latch on to that and understand it, like, hey, 
like as long as the like like obviously like the message as long as that stays central and foundational that's at the that the, the centerpiece of whatever the arrangement becomes yeah. um we can understand that like hey i can get over my bias for a split second sure. and yeah. dive into the fact that like this is a genre of music that maybe a certain generation doesn't really get stylistic aspects sure. of it but they can hear the fact that oh but there's a room of young people that are falling in love yeah. with jesus right you know what i mean right. and so i think that we can get a little too caught up in like how it sounds and how it feels it's like mm -hmm. hey man as long as the message is there mm -hmm. and we're putting it in a package that doesn't take away from it sure. um let's do it let's yeah right. into it. Let's yes 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 i gotta tell you one of the things that even i'm seeing right now um as I'm watching the screen, I should be doing like this, but it's, I, I don't, I'm not professional. I do what I want. Uh, you don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, so check this out, guys. The, one of the weirdest things that I've seen uh, since I or realized uh, in this generation, because, of course, uh, I, I absolutely hate what I'm about to say. Absolutely hate it. Uh, because I did come up in a generation where there was black gospel. And then there was, uh, it was weird because it's like black gospel, and then there was contemporary Christian, which meant white gospel. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, there was just like the old people worship, like the hymnals, right? That's for old people. And you, you know, and so you're in church, you're like, I can't wait to get the kids are going, I can't wait to get to the good stuff, the young stuff, the you know, which really meant the faster jobs. This generation has found a way to to not only bring the sound together but still preserve its unique nuances that would would take you back to that oh like well this is like that foot stomp in church everyone knows what that means in that moment uh and i do, do you feel like do, do you feel like like that's the more of the direction or, or with that that god is going or or, or was there a is there a was was there a reason for that black gospel that separation? Because I I definitely can hear it and feel the the beauty of it meshed together, and I definitely still cherish the the sounds and the effectiveness from both uh, you know the CCM and, and the black gospel. But but hearing it together is so profound. But do you think that that that's something that we needed to get over? Or was there a beauty behind it being separated for a while, creating those sounds and tones and now coming together? How do you feel about that? Because I, re I remember even at that time, people would say things like, how come we don't worship together? Sure, um, sure. But, but now I see that it has happened. It's just in the sound itself, not necessarily in black church and white church worshiping together, which I can't wait for that to happen. But in your generation, you're seeing you guys lead the way more in that. But speak to that a little bit about yeah. that musical vision. <laughs> I get, I get, this is good. I, I think I can just speak from my experience leading here on, at Liberty. Um, we had mentioned before the, the amount of cultures, ethnicities, and right. denominations represented in the room where we, like, the thing that you're saying, bringing these, these, these really three pioneer like, genres together, CCM, gospel, and hymns, like that has been our vision as the collective specifically, and I think right. Liberty as a whole would be behind that, yes. that we have to understand that with the amount of denominations and cultures represented in that room, we can't cater to everybody, but we can do right. our part in 
trying to eliminate as much distraction of like, mm-hmm. hey, in a three song set, I hope that there's at least one that like maybe you resonate with sure, sure. musically. Sure. Um, I also think to transcend the music aspect of it is that we've mentioned this before, but like if you are singing about the gospel, if you're declaring Christ and Christ Absolutely. crucified, right. um, that that transcends those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been something that Liberty has tried to yeah. at least instill yeah. in me as I've been training as a worship leader has been like, sure. if you're singing about Jesus, mm-hmm. um, anybody from any background anywhere, hopefully are able to, to enter into that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think, again, the flip side is still true that like there are ways in which um, I think we have to do our part to be aware of who we're leading and yeah. what context we're in yeah. um, and, and make space for that sure. kind of thing, for sure. I think Liberty yeah. was a prime example of that. And I also yeah. say outside of Liberty, I think that there are a lot of churches that I've seen that are in the same, kind of the same yeah. boat where they're realizing like, hey man, we have a lot of people to be with yeah. um, And again, <laughs> musically addictive culture, like you're exposed to so much all the time. Yeah, It's like, yeah. well, what can we do to, right. to cater to these different yeah no i think the body of christ is multicultural exactly and so i think it's honestly refreshing and beautiful to watch um genres and cultures kind of use and mesh together because i mean in revelation it talks about how every nation tribe and tongue shall declare that jesus christ is lord so at the end of the day like we're all coming together and proclaiming the greatness of the same God. So how beautiful is it that we can do that in music right. mm-hmm. as well? Because that's what heaven is going to be like, yeah. you know. So I think that's so beautiful. Um, I, I don't know if we have a whole bunch of. Uh, 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 no, uh, I know we have listeners, but I kind of want to break it down just a little bit more so people can really kind of like, you know, dissect this. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love the Avengers, right? Yes. I love the whole storyline right. of the Avengers, that's right? But we also see that the one-offs, the the, the yeah. movies that developed who Spider-Man is or who developed who Iron Man is and the Hulk, like people gravitate and have their their uh, favorite uh, 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 Avenger, right? Yeah. But we also know that they are all at their strongest together. Mm-hmm. So us, I feel like all of these different genres are just characters like in like yeah. the Avengers, you know what I'm saying? That okay, you just, I preach, watch you just preach. But see, like preach the Avengers. I'm pretty sure I just heard that. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. That's all it is. So yeah. when you go back and you trace, like we did with Gospel Why would you like right. you go back and you just trace the lifeline and life story of what gospel music is? Like my goal isn't for you just to stay in gospel music and be like, okay, this is just where. You know what I mean? God is. Like, no, 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 no. This might be your buy-in to, like, the whole story of the, like, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And because this might be your native tongue or, like, the way that you came up and you grew up worshiping, but it's all for you to buy into the bigger um, vision of, you know what I mean, who God is and understand that all these parts, all these adventures, all these characters play uh, together and we're we're our strongest, uh, we're we're our strongest when we're together. That's why you're seeing people like, you know, whether it's Mad City or whether it's, you know, all these other guys that are really like just gravitating elevation. Like we're just bringing in all these different types of genres yeah, of music. Right, right. And that's what Seven Hills is wanting to do, man. Right. We want to do that. We want to be able to reflect all the countries, all the people that we get a chance to have here together on this mountain. And then more importantly, we want to be able to send our people out um, and for them to go create this, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. In their communities and wherever the place that God has called them to say, no, like I understand we're in this church, but we got a church right across the street that worships the same God differently. But it's all, but they're an Avenger. Like, you know what I'm saying? They are a part in our story as well when we, when we put them all together. So we need to go get them. We need to, you know what I mean? And you'll be just like the Avengers. You're starting to see now, like Spider-Man, you're seeing Iron Man in Spider-Man's movies. You're seeing, you know what I'm saying? A Black Panther and somebody else is like one-offs. So you're in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I like, this is, this is, this is how many times I have to set my alarm clock like 25 times to wake me up. Uh, so listen to this, because I'm going to be totally honest with you. I was I was there at the uh, the first March uh, for when, uh, you know, the, the whole Black Lives Matter and everything like that was going on. And, I, and my whole thing, when I was wearing my coming suit Jesus, my whole thing was I already knew where this was going. And I already knew that it was going to be a racial tension. I already knew that a lot of old wounds were going to be opened up. I already knew that stupid people were going to do stupid stuff. Um, I already knew that it was going to. So I'm like, okay, dude, I'm I'm going to go out there. And I want to be a symbol. uh, I'm Batman. No, I wanted to be a symbol of hope and focus on healing and uh and connection and so and so one of the things i did i just go out there right and they're getting all organized and the black panthers are there and this is the very first one that was here in virginia uh, and it was in downtown norfolk and the the leader that's leading it sees me there and recognized me it was like hey do you mind walking up front with us um and i said as long as I can walk with a police officer too, if the police officer can walk with us in the front. And they agreed to that. They, they agreed to that. So it was like the leadership's original message was, hey, we've got to, let's just deal with the situation. Of course, that gets dissolved throughout the back. But it didn't happen here because everyone was seeing that. And it shifted. And it, it, it changed. And we had this, like, there's like a prayer service that happened in the middle of the street uh, that I got to, to be a part of. Wow. And, but when I looked at the crowd and the, the further back it got, right, you started getting, seeing it get a little bit more rowdy and we had to go back there and talk to the people. Yeah. They would straighten out. And the other marches and riots and things that I saw, here's what's interesting. I saw the people of God choosing a side. Yeah. And it kind of like, you know, it's almost like, Jesus, I'm going to be right back. I got to go be black for a second. Jesus, I'm going right, to be right back. I'm going to be white for a second. And, yeah. you know, and kind of push that aside. But I noticed at the events that were led by the people of God and that influence was out, worship would always break out. Oh, wow. We, 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 and it, and the, the, like the issues didn't tear us apart. The worship. Okay. Sure. Kind of protected everybody and kept us together. Wow. Wow. Protected. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. Wow. Do you believe that worship has the ability not only to bring us together, but kind of keep us together in even dealing with, like, how do we communicate that, that like, is work? Can you use faith based music as a platform to discuss? Social issues and reality, because I know a lot of people say, Duke, I don't want to make, I've, I've heard this from Christian artists, and I'd love for you to speak to this, but they're like, Duke, 
I, I don't want to make songs where every single song has to say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in it. I want to say I'm having a bad day today. And Christians don't allow that. And Christians don't allow that. And so when I see an opportunity like, say, those riots and all that stuff, I'm like, man, we do kind of need music that can address some social issues, but also how Jesus connects to it. How does the artist deal with that? <coughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take this. I've said another. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's funny because because you said liberty is kind of like a war And every time we take a look at music when it comes to war, the musicians are always in the front, and, yeah. and and we see that we see this in battle, and we mm. see we see that there's a cry and. Worship especially has, you know, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of tongue. In the in life and death are in the power of the tongue. And when your tongue starts to speak life and your tongue starts to speak truth, then what you're doing is you're standing on the principles of who God is, and you're starting to overcome and bring healing to these situations. And so when we approach it as going to battle or going to war, we we see that I think you talk to any worship pastor, we can see that from the very first moment we step into church on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. We see, we see, even even if it's not, you know, a diversity or a cultural thing, we see families who are fighting on their way to church. We mm -hmm. see parents whose kids aren't sitting beside them. We see, <laughs> and, and so now, now we're starting to say, okay, how do I prepare for battle? How do I speak truth? How do, how do I get people to be focused on God to help their hearts resolve these different issues. And so when we start to speak life and we start to use the power of the tongue for those issues, I think as an artist, I mean, everybody's looking for authenticity. Everybody's looking for something that's real. If you truly worship Jesus, you'll realize that he's God in the valley, that he's God on the mountaintop, that he, he, he never leaves you, he never forsakes you. So I think that in talking about Jesus, there's no real box you can put him in because, yeah. because he's all encompassing. And so, when we start to say, hey, my God only wants to talk about this thing. It's like, well, Jesus died for all people for all time. And he, he shed his blood once and it covered a multitude of sins for eternity. And so it's like Jesus can fit into whatever is going on in your life. And when we start to proclaim those truths and we start to talk about that, we realize that that's not given to one group of people. That's that's not given to dads or moms or children or black or white or Asian or Hispanic. It's like it's like Jesus is for all. And when we start to use the power and authority that he's given us, we realize that it brings healing no matter what you've just walked out of in the morning or, you know, at a march or wherever you're at. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, like, I get it. One of the things that's interesting to me about that is uh, how we can we can when you look at the secular industry, I've seen the secular industry try to address things, you know, uh, you know, the anger. The, you, I, as a matter of fact, it's so funny. Um, one of my favorite, I'm a metalhead. I grew up listening to heavy metal. So, you know, it's uh, uh, definitely my parents were always pleased with my musical choices. Uh, the But one of my favorite bands was a group called Pantera. All right, and, and you know, and you know, every people who know me goes, "Oh God, I remember that." I know they're listening. <laughs> I mean, when I pulled up, it was like it was crazy, right? Um, and so, <laughs> my next favorite artist was Toby Mac. Hilarious. All right, talk about dynamics, right? But one one of the things is that this group Pantera was not a Christian band. Very angry. You would have so thought. You would have so thought, and I'm going to tell you guys how I ended up listening to Christian music, for real. Uh, and I, I did go to church, love the Lord, but 
I'd be listening to this heavy metal, heavy head, like heavy metal, right? Well, um, I never knew what they were saying. I just knew that it felt like I did on the inside when I wanted to play football or get hyped. It was just, I'm a a hyper guy. So it was always like, yeah, let's go. I didn't even know what they were saying. So I'm in the car with my fiance. So let's say that was 17 years old, 16, 17, my younger years. And I'm in the car with my fiance almost 20 something years later. And now we have the phones, right? Where we can look up the lyrics to everything, right? She looks up the lyrics and she says, oh my, she was like, first of all, when her when she first found out that I listened to heavy metal, she goes, man, I thought you were more intelligent than that. Word. <laughs> Word. I'm like, what? Did you actually just say those words? <laughs> and, and then I go, look up the lyrics of what he's talking about. Which I never knew. I just had this feeling that it was maybe he was because I was ready to go into this masculine speech about men being able to share their emotions. I was going to make something up. I'm good at that. And so she looks at the lyrics and she says, Oh my gosh, this sounds like a 12 year old girl's diary. (laughs) (laughs) And and one of my favorite songs is a song called Wog. It's like, Stay away from me. Don't talk. Don't talk to me. I just want to be alone in my mind. And I'm like, no, there's no way I was in a mosh pit with a guy saying this. <laughs> you know, and sure enough, and, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, whoa. I started doing more research, looking at more lyrics of even the top secular artists. They're literally crying out for help yeah. in their music. And, and, they're, and they're expressing their hurt and their pain in a lot of cases, not having the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, I notice, because uh, I get to minister to a lot of uh, secular artists as well, uh, just doing what I do. They're like, hey, you're in radio, play my song. No, there's 666 on your album. I'm not playing that. Like, we're good. But, uh, but when I do get to minister and interact with secular artists, when I play them, like worship music and this and that, you watch like the water hit those dry spots. You know, do you think there's ever going to be an opportunity where Christian artists are going to have that media platform where they're just as loud, just as known that marketing dollars are being funded into Christian artists the same way, or if not more, that secular artists is, 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 is going to capture it, or is that where we're headed right now? Do you think that do you think that day is coming, or is it always going to be something that's kind of like under the church, or do you think there's going to be more of a breakout? I mean, Map City played at the Grammys, <laughs> so I think that there are there is already some elements of that that we're seeing uh, from an industry standpoint. What I because I think about this a lot, and I think that whether or not the Christian industry strictly just from the dollar amount ever reaches the same amount of capital as the secular industry. Um, I don't know that I don't know that that's exactly something that we, we can know for sure. I do think that there um, in terms of influence and the ways in which um, our faith is going to impact the industry as a whole, I think that is most definitely on the way if it's not already beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there are artists that, you know, have, historically always just been like general market secular topics and the music that have slowly but surely begun to 
with these more music that talks about God and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you listen to Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book, there is a song that literally, first couple minutes, it's just a gospel choir singing How Great Is Our God. And he mm-hmm. goes from there into bars about literally just like his reflections on his relationship with the Lord. Wow. Um, and it's just, I mean, in that album, it's not even a recent album. Like there's more <laughs> things like that that I think are beginning to happen. Um, now, the way in which that exactly happens in terms of how do we as Christian artists become involved in that, I, I don't really know exactly what that looks like. Um, and I think that we'll discover that as we go. Um, I can say as, as somebody that does kind of my own artistry outside of Seven Hills and Worship Collective and whatnot, um, that I, although I kind of identify still as a Christian artist, my goal has always been that I would write and create music that um, reaches the non-believer while also ministering to the non-believing. So we're already believing. And so wherever you are in your faith, um, creating music that still is pointing somebody to who God truly is, even if you're not explicitly saying the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I think is something that we need more than ever. Yeah. Um, and again, determine the, however, you know, is it through worship music? Is it through CCM? Is it through weird, like Christian indie alternative crap? Like, I don't know exactly <laughs> how it looks or sure. who does it. Um, it needs to happen. I can yeah. tell you that. Um, and I think that we're seeing um, artists and expressions of Christian music begin to, to kind of reflect that. Yeah. Sure. And in, inside of just the, you know, mainstream music and, and Christian music, it's like we take a look at the, at, the, at the different goals in that. It's like worship music is a giving music. It's it's drawing people to Jesus. Yeah, mainstream music is drawing you to a platform or monetization. Or I need to, because uh, Hannah talked about this before, like what are we giving worth to? And it's like inside of worship music, it's like we give that to the people. And now it's like we could care less. If we sing the song, or if the local church worship right. pastors sing the song, yeah. or if you, it's it's like worship pastors and worship music is giving music to the people to worship God. Where an artist in mainstream music is drawing to themselves, come to my concert, buy my merch, get my T-shirt, follow me on Instagram, blah blah. blah. And and so it's it's almost like two completely different things of what are we drawing that to? And so I know that there's a ton of great Christian people inside mainstream music industry inside the Grammys and, and the things that go on and absolutely kind of the same thing. How do we be light to this world that we live in? And so I think inside of that cultural bubble, it's like, okay, let's take the worship of our savior and let's, let's tell everybody, but we're not keeping it for ourselves. We could, we could care less if someone sings a song for free. We want them to be worshiping Jesus for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was way too much in my head. I just saw. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but you, you're you're exactly right because a lot of people. Uh, I heard Kanye West say that he said it breaks my heart when I see Christian artists try to be like the secular world or or you know want to you know have our platform because when the, every concert, every club we go to, we're trying to have the church's platform. And I was like, "Whoa, did he's like, he really said that." Where he thinks, where they're looking at us like we have the biggest platform because they're like, "You guys have people coming together from all walks of life every week." Yeah. Do you think sometimes we can under underestimate the beauty of that? That every week we have a gathering all over the country. Where yeah. we come together, where you do you think so? We'll say church, and it's like blah blah blah. You know, church. I went to church, 
But do you ever do you think that maybe we need to sit down and really kind of absorb that every week in 2023 till this day, people are coming from all over the world to 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 gather, uh, whether it's Saturday because I know that's uh, all the smart believers now. Like it's the Sabbath, okay? But uh, that's cool. But Saturday, Sunday, but the fact that there's a point every week. Do you think sometimes we can dismiss uh, how powerful that is? That that we're still here in this modern culture, this modern age, where you thought it. You know, there are times when the the, the, mil- uh, the media will make you think that Christianity has fallen off completely. But how do you feel about the fact that we're still here in this modern age, able to worship God uh, amongst, uh, you know, regardless of everything that we've been through from the past? Yeah. How does that make you feel when you think about that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to hop on this. Okay, we got three minutes left, and we're about to go gather with ten thousand people. In a few minutes here. Uh, but it's it's just it's it's amazing to see how God continues to move from generation to generation. And, yeah. and it's like, when I've said this once, I'll say it a thousand times. It's about discipleship. It's about giving things back to the people so they know more who God is, what God is talking to do, what God's word says. And so they can actually be a member of society. So they can actually contribute to the kingdom of God. So they can understand their place in the body of Christ. And it's like, inside of all of those platforms, we should never negate when it happens from an organic local church gathering. And so, so many times we look at the world and we try to transplant that to our churches, but it, sometimes we got to, we got to take the facade away and be like, okay, it's, it's a person to a person. It's one man to one man or one woman. It's like, when, when you take a look at the church, we get, we get all these crazy ideas in our head, even from production ideas and this, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, how do we take the word of God to impact that one soul and that's what makes discipleship last from generation to generation. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Also, I also um, am now saying, it's, it's, well, Kanye West said it's, it's crazy. Because we are starting to see that churches are branding in a way that they are kind of selling their brand more than, yeah. you know what I'm saying, right. really the name of Jesus, you know. Oh, and yeah. um this is what we see with artists. You know, I mean, obviously artists want to sell their brand and share their likeness and all of that and try to grab up, you know what I mean, to try to reach people through, you know, look how cool we are, you know what I'm saying, dig our lights, dig our, you know what I'm saying, yeah. whatever it is, you know. But it's where the true and authentic churches are still solely lifting up the name of Jesus um, through all of their gatherings. And even with all those lights and I feel like all that is fine. It has a place, you know what I mean, when it's done authentically, well, you know, it has a place, but um, like there comes a quick moment where you got to see the meat and potatoes really quick, where it's like, OK, I see all that. But what is this church really about? What are these people really about? And it'll show that it's, yeah. it's still a lot of authentic churches. There's still a lot of uh, Bible believing, Jesus honoring um, people that just love to gather uh, with, you know, their communities um, in the name of in the name of the Lord. And um those are the churches that are flourishing. Those are the churches that mm-hmm. stick around, man. So yeah. I love it. I love awesome. it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm going to hop on one one more thing before we go mm-hmm. here. But it's like in in everything Patrick said, I agree 100%. And to sum, summarize that up, it's like what you win them with, you win them to. Yeah. So if you're not winning them with Jesus, you're not winning them to yeah. Jesus. You're winning them to a great production or yeah, we have the coolest merchandise. Sure. But it's like sure. when we put something other than Jesus on a pedestal, 
we're winning them to that. And then it's like, oh, how do we Jesus juke them? It's like, mm-hmm. we, we, we got to take Jesus and then win them to him. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's so good. Well, I will talk to you guys for nine hours, but I know you guys got to go. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can tell. This is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, like, like I told you before, you know, you guys are kind of stuck with me now. So the reality is that I want to see you guys flourish. I want to see you guys uh, do some amazing things. Uh, the website is, is uh, right here. It's uh, sevenhillsworship.com, correct? Yep. And this is you guys. Uh, so uh, make sure you guys stay connected with them. Get the apparel. Uh, you know, listen to their music. Get their music. Worship with them. Find them on Instagram, all the social media. Uh, I know you guys got to go. You got said you're about to go worship with ten thousand people from all over. Yeah. Amazing, just amazing. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Be good. All right. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks, man. <laughs> when he looks at you, he is only pleased to leave because of what you do. But who you're